Welcome, everybody, in the world to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. The Michael Dupree Variety Hour on every podcast provider in and around God's beautiful blue-green orb that we call Planet Earth. I'm your dad, Michael Dupree. (laughs) Welcome back. It is March 16th, the day of my sister's birthday. Happy birthday. Tried to go Godfather there. It didn't work out very well. Uh, Happy birthday, Lauren, if you're listening. I don't know if you do. I don't know if you're a regular listener of the podcast or not. So I guess we'll know if you hear this <laughs> and respond. Then I'll be the asshole. Mm-hmm. If you've never listened to the Michael Libby Variety Hour before, it is an art showcase and comedy show where we feature local musicians, painters, poets, artists, not sculptors, directors, writers, improvisers, and more. Baby. It's also the world's only mandatory podcast. So welcome back. Everybody in the world, man alive. Boy, do we have a good show for you guys today. We have a lot of fun. We have a game we're going to play later. Yeah, I've heard you guys. You like the games. I've heard good feedback on the games. We've got a really fun one planned for you later, and you don't want to miss it, you ding dong. Uh, And later on, we'll also be joined by Larry the Night Custodian, uh, which is uh, very exciting. I think that's what his name is. (laughs) It's not his name. (laughs) He's shaking his head vigorously. <laughs> oh, well, no big deal. Who cares about Larry? Uh, but also, <clears throat> we have a very fun guest. He is uh, the man of the hour. <laughs> he is alternative indie musician Austin Carpenter of Bad Fashion. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the show, you big, you big handsome. <laughs> So the mustache, yeah, it's working for you. Thank you. I, I can't go back. Yeah, I'll feel naked if I get rid of it. It's I, like I'm. It's here to stay. It's a bold move. It's you. you know. It's you never know. You don't know how it's gonna work out, right? No. Like you're like I'm gonna grow out a mustache, and you get like, really, you're gonna grow out a mustache? Like there, I feel like there's a stigma there, right? Oh, there is, and that that like. First week in, you just look so scrody, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but once you get past that threshold, yeah. it's like ideally, ideally, I, you know, you're, you're fortunate where me. like it, it filled out, like it looks, it looks like a mustache. Thank you. But I honestly forget it's like on my face, like every day. I see. I can grow a decent mustache. Yeah, you got a good one. Yeah, but the problem is the rest of it, which I do keep. I don't. I, I do keep the beard. Uh, it. If my mustache had the same uh, consistency as the rest of my beard, I would look very, uh, what do you say, scrody? <laughs> so, uh, thankfully, yeah, I, I could I could pull off a mustache. I just don't think totally. my wife would be into it. <laughs> I, I got to admit, I wish I could grow a beard. I can't. Really? I can get like a goatee, but the cheeks is like nothing, man. No cheeks. No cheeks. You got to slap those cheeks. Uh, <laughs> so, how's your, how's your 2020 been so far? We are... Uh, uh, two and a half months in. Uh, how's it going? You have having a good time. I'm I'm having a good time. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's been like a lot of real life shit, um, but also growth. a lot of self growth. Nice. Self, self growth. I can't even talk. Like I'm just like. Pack. I think I just had a stroke. Aww. Um. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> you okay? You need to lie down. Yeah. No. Life's been good though. Um. Crazy. A lot of learning. A lot of doing stuff. Good. Very good. Uh, so you, uh, l- let's talk about <laughs> what that was. Let's talk about bad fashion a little bit. Uh, so you, um, you, you've been in bands throughout your your storied career as a musician, uh, but now <clears throat> you know it came down to it two years ago, or what? You started bad fashion two years ago, or um, about a year and a half ago ish my first release was last may okay but like i started recording those songs probably like eight months before that mm-hmm. so i guess yeah like a year and a half or something so what was uh what was important to you about like just kind of you know s- stepping you know stepping back and just like taking full control of, of the music that you make what was important to me yeah like why why was that the the, the next step that you you needed to take yeah i just i just felt like uh my past experiences uh I don't want to say 
were disingenuous, but um, I felt like I could do more by myself, mm-hmm. at least to what would make me happy. Um, so I kind of went into this, and I was like, you know, I don't want to be in any kind of genre boundary or kind of yeah. be limited. I just want to fucking make music that's honest, that I dig, and Something just make it for me and, and not be able to go with it. Yeah, and collaborate with people here mm-hmm. and there. Like, you know, I have multiple friends on all the releases that are out right now. Um, but it's kind of nice just to be the one in control of the initial synthesis of everything. And I don't know. It's It's been really um, gratifying yeah. to go about it that way. Um, so to kind of give some background on you. So you, how long have you been making music for? Um, I want to say about like, like 10 years where I've been like recording mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, you know, in high school, I started like this shitty garage band with my friends and, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But even when I was like taking guitar lessons and stuff, when I was like nine and 10, I would write songs and put these like cheesy lyrics over <laughs> it and shit. So I guess it's been longer, but you just, you've always had kind of a passion for music. Absolutely. Like ever sure. since ever since you were a wee lad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and that that kind of uh translated into you making uh, music like your major that you went for in school as well you were music production music uh, technology music yep. technology major mm-hmm. um, and how did how did that um, you know your experience with that how did that did that shape at all the kind of music that you make or did that just kind of provide you the tools that you've always wanted to make yeah uh, I, it definitely provided the tools um, I don't think I would be where I'm at now without my education I'm yeah. very fortunate very thankful mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I think it did so much for me, um, and I don't know. I don't know where else I'm trailing off on these thoughts here, sure. but yeah, it was good. So uh, what kind of led to the so bad fashion, which is just a great name for Thank for you. it's a I think Thank it's you. such a it's a simple you know it's got that it's just got such a, it rings it rolls off the tongue, uh, but kind of what led you to that? What because uh, uh, you know I, on your biography you talk about like how it's kind of music for fashion's sake kind of thing. Um, uh, So, yeah, what kind of led to that? Um, I don't know. It just kind of uh, goes back to that, like, all-encompassing, like, for myself kind of, like, thing, you know? And I was like, oh, I I also like more than just music. So this is kind of, like, an ironic way to put that out there. It's like, oh, I really like fashion and style and clothes, and I also like other things, you know? So I'm like, how can I kind of bring this all together and just have this this musical project just, like, be me. Like, this is me. Yeah. You know, in every aspect. So I, I think you have great fashion. Well, what, what's you. with the bad part? That's just <laughs> Why don't a, you call it great, pa- gr- great fashion? Because that doesn't roll off the tongue, <laughs> That's man. That's true. <laughs> and then if I and say it, bad fashion, I show up and I'm looking fly, people are like, damn. That's not what I was expecting <laughs> yeah. at all. I was expecting uh, acid-stained jeans and a stained T-shirt. Right. <laughs> like, no, sir. <laughs> That's my style. Uh, so you're uh, another thing that, that you... Uh, you mention a lot on in your in your biographies um, and in interviews. You talk about uh, mixing decades of music, not so much mixing genres of music. Like you might think, like oh, it's like rap mixing rap and country, yeehaw. Well, uh, <laughs> not sex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but you, so, what was that? Uh, what was with? What kind of made you come with that approach, where you're you're mixing uh, decades of music rather than say you're mixing synth pop with indie rock. Um. I think there's, like, something so great about kind of each era of music, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's so many things I love about, you know, like, early rock, like, 60s and 70s, like, the Zombies and Zeppelin and shit okay. like that. I'm like, oh, dude, that goes so hard. And, like, <laughs> and it's cool to see how that influences, like, modern-day influences. And then, you know, you go to the 80s. That's where, like, technology was just kind of getting more polished and started getting synths and stuff and I love that aspect. 90s were fucking weird. Fuck the 90s. But like <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm not the kind of person to be into like Nirvana and stuff, yeah. but I do think Dave Grohl fucking rips. Yeah. But and like, you know, I just think there's something special from each era and it kind of goes back to that all-encompassing kind of uh mantra where I'm just like, you know, I I like a bunch of shit. Let's mm-hmm. just like, you know, make a stew of it. Uh have you what are some kind of like uh fun discoveries that you've had in in mixing stuff like you know, I, I feel like some of your, like you said, you're mixing decades, so stuff that you might pull from, you know, Led Zeppelin rock in the 70s might mix kind of weirdly with something from, from this era. Are there any fun discoveries that you've made of, like, how those things have mixed? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, 
I, I'm definitely a like a tone freak. Like mm-hmm. I just love good tone, guitar tone. You know, it's like my number one priority for sure after I write a song. Um, but I think it's cool. Um, you know, you get a lot of textures. Mm-hmm. I think music has like a very Ooh, like textural fuzzy. kind of <laughs> aspect to mm-hmm. it. You know, you can feel it more than hear it sometimes. And uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. <laughs> when you when you take different influences from other eras you know it's like oh i'm gonna have this like soaring like jimmy page kind of lead tone over the these like weird synths or something that maybe wouldn't be typical that wouldn't happen in that era per right. se but it's like oh it's fucking 2020 i'll do what i want and then yeah. it sounds awesome yeah you know it certainly, <laughs> does. it certainly does uh and you, i've noticed a lot of that uh you getting even more creative and getting more kind of out there with the w- things you mix with your 2020 singles that we'll be playing later. Um, you. Like in, you know, your 2019 Vulnerable, Vulnerable EP uh, is fantastic and uh, in its own right, and the, the, you know, it's all very uniform and, uh, but it, it, it leans more, I feel like, into kind of like a more of a indie rock, maybe not indie rock, which is like rock, like um, vibe and it has like elements of those synth pop, but I feel like in these, in the releases you've made this year, you've been going really all out. Yeah, uh, with that. Um, for sure, thank you. Uh, how do you kind of continue to challenge yourself and and grow? Because it can be easy to like listen to that 2019 EP and be like, "Oh, this is dope." I'm just gonna continue to like uh, ride this wave. Uh, but you you continue to, to change and evolve with. Uh, what what? How do you how do you kind of continue to challenge yourself with that? Um, well, I I kind of think that you know it's got to be continuous. I think music gets so stale and stagnant if you don't push yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like the type of person where I want to learn something new every day, yeah. even if it's just like learning a guitar riff from a song I like, you know, learning something by ear, um, or even some, learning something not music related. I think, you know, we're supposed to evolve consistently like that. That's what being a human is all about. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I just think it's important. I always try to kind of go out of my comfort zone sometimes mm-hmm. and, you know, just try new, try new things. I mean, uh, even lately, I've just been listening to like a bunch of country music. Yeah, like, <laughs> like what? Like, not like Keith Urban or like yeah, shit like that. I knew that, <laughs> but, but like, like more folky stuff, you know. So I kind of like always keep it changing for sure. I'm, I'm very curious which which country artists you you've been listening to because I'm also I'm very into like Americana. Oh hell country yeah. stuff. Ava Brothers are my favorite band of all time. Nice. I mean, they're more Americana folk than than country, but they do definitely have those elements in there. So hell what yeah. are some what are some uh, artists that you've been Hitting up a lot. Um, like the number one country dude I've been on right now is Chris Stapleton. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, so mm-hmm. I really like him, and I've also been listening to like a lot of blues stuff, like mm-hmm. the Teskey Brothers. Um, they're really good. You should check out Sam Outlaw. Oh, I a, will. He's a, mo- he, you know, he's modern country artist, but he's has a lot of roots in like older kind of like uh like '80s country. Like Ooh, he's got okay. like um, I'm gonna check this. Got out. some Chris Chris up. Whoa. Uh, he's got like some Chris Christopherson kind of feel in there, and also just like Sam Outlaw. Yeah, it's in the notes, fam. He's great. He's really good. Um, just like that sad, like jukebox, like uh, <laughs> sitting at a bar with a whiskey. Like that's my country shit, dude. Music. I love that. Yeah, I don't want it to be like, <laughs> but it's not pandering. We're tailgating at the yeah. Lions game. Like <laughs> fuck that. Well, even like even like a lot of modern <laughs> pop country music will lean into those kind of like elements of like heartbreak that like Willie Nelson and well, I mean yeah. just a lot of classic old country yeah Willie like, Nelson's the shit did, but it'll be very superficial and pandering uh, yeah like, and that's that's the problem you just <laughs> said it pop and country those do not mix bro yeah. they're two separate things that's a good point <laughs> don't do that bad no bad. you sit down <laughs> uh, but yeah there's this one country song I can't remember who who does it but he has a song where he goes like um frick what is it? <laughs> how does it go he's like uh it's a song about like a woman broke his heart, so he's just like putting his face in a bottle, which is a classic, <laughs> classic country trope. Love but the it. song is just like uh, long, cold, ice cold beer never broke my heart. <laughs> and I was just like, this guy's gonna fuck a beer bottle. <laughs> this guy's gonna have sex with a beer bottle. And I don't know. I don't know what exactly what what the key difference between that and like. Willie Nelson, you know, singing about he could be saying the exact same like message, but something's just different about it. I don't know what it is. He's got the special sauce for sure. I love Willie Nelson. Is like Willie Nelson and Conway Twitty are like my Mount Rushmore, mm-hmm. uh, Mount and Rushmore. Merle, Merle Haggard, uh, John my, Denver, John Denver. 
Yeah. <laughs> I guess it. maybe he's a little more folky. I don't know. He, but, but yeah, the, like, yeah, Take Me Home Country Roads is, like, more folky. But yeah, a lot of his stuff is very country uh, outside of that, which also Take Me Home Country Roads is one of my favorite songs of all time. <laughs> um, yes, I love talking about good country music with people because not everyone gets it, man. Not everyone, not gets, everyone it. gets it. Not everyone gets it. It exists. There. This is a message to the public. There is such thing as good country music. I'd say that there's a, I'd say there's just as much good country music as bad country music. Oh yeah, for um, sure. If not more, you just it's just not they're not playing it on nine nine five. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, whatever the whatever the country station is, I think that's it for sure. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so you you've released two C- uh, EP, uh, singles this year. Um, have you have those just been? Uh, like just kind of sending them out into the ether, their own things, or have they been a sign of things to come as far as uh, an EP or an album uh, go? Um, it's funny, like uh, they it kind of happened a way I wasn't planning, mm-hmm. but I'm for my senior project for school. I actually, excuse me, um, you know, wrote those songs. Um, I actually, part of my senior project was I developed an algorithm that generated songs um, randomly, like different parameters. So Yeah, it's it like would, an app that you developed, right? Yeah, so it like developed, like, sorry, I can't talk right now. It's, <laughs> it's still early for me. Um, but <laughs> me it, <too. laughs> it generated like different parameters, like key signature, time signature, tempo, chord progressions, things like that. Um, so more or less I would take from that and I was just like wrote those two songs using that that I made. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, all I had time was to, uh, you know, produce a two of those songs completely before the end of the semester. And I was like, you know, I'll release these as singles. Maybe I'll, like, throw them in an EP and I'll do that for the rest of the EP. And then, like, kind of the other songs I have cooking right now just, like, came together completely differently, like, different style. And I'm like, I don't know if I should release this all together. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you know, like, my new stuff I'm, I've been working on recently is, like, a lot different. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll but see. I, it wasn't, like, planned for, like... Well, I guess initially it was planned for those to be part of a bigger thing. And now I'm like, ah, it's, like, still changing. I don't yeah. Know. But, I mean, I feel like the nature of music, uh, the music industry these days is just... It's a lot of singles, you know, there's not a mm-hmm. whole lot of like full releases for sure. Um, yeah, it's like sometimes singles are better, even like on yeah. Vulnerable. Like, I check my play sometimes when I'm like bored and I'm like, oh, this one has like an okay amount, and the rest has like two plays or some shit. Yeah. Like, no one cares. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if they like a song to listen to it, they don't care about the other ones. How do you, how does that work? Uh, like, how long do you kind of dwell on a song or, um, or see how it's received? Um, after it's released before, like, just, like, moving on and just, like, you know, stop looking at the, like, the likes on it or the or the listens on it. Like, does that ever stop? Um, I mean... I mean, obviously, you're checking on the analytics. And, yeah, like, know. I'll occasionally, like, once in a while when I think about it, check if I'm, like, curious. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, pretty much it's only the first day I release it where I kind of give a shit and I'm, like, watching it. And then, you know, if it does good or bad, you know, then it's, like, whatever. Yeah. But... That's not why I'm doing it. You Is know? there how much anxiety goes into like when you hit that send button of like you know re- that release button? You know, what, Sur- I don't know what that but what that button looks like because I've never released a song before. But surprisingly, not a lot. It's mm-hmm. like I don't get scared about the reception of it. It's like you like it or you don't. I don't really fucking care. Don't listen to it if you don't like it. But yeah. like, um, I'm I get more anxious about like. Oh, did I type the title in right? Like yeah. stupid shit like that. I'm like, did the album art get loaded? Yeah, but uh, that's fair. That's yeah. Fair. So I guess I worry about like the dumb little things. So. Yeah, that would be super embarrassing. <laughs> no, um, the name's not Rad Fashion. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad name either, though. <laughs> um. Anyway, so let's let's hear one of these songs. I want to I want to it. show everybody what we're talking about. Uh, so this first song, which which one are we playing first here? You choose. I want I want to hear "Dreaming Up Ways." Do it. I love that song. Uh, so what what's the song about? Let's talk about it. Um, this song's just kind of about the superficial era we live in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of us millennials and Gen Zers just being obsessed with uh, fake status and meeting some online kind of persona that mm-hmm. you feel required to do. Um, you know, and it's if you listen to the chorus. Um, you know, the lyrics are very blatantly about that and how I have such distaste for, you know, the superficialness of society we live in right now. Everyone's chasing clout rather than focusing about real life shit yeah. or like even being happy. People are more on on their phones when they're in a room with people than interacting with the people around us. And I think that's kind of like the the reason why 
the planet's so fucking toxic right now. Yeah. I mean, everyone just is so antisocial, so hateful. And it's like, if we just took a fucking moment to talk to somebody, even a stranger, just say hi, brighten their day. And, you know, the world may start being a better place. Get Maybe. off your fucking Hopefully. phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Here's Bad Fashion with Dreaming Up Ways. of that song gets my jimmies rolling i'm telling you it gets my hell jimmies yeah, rolling hell yeah brother <laughs> oh yeah uh so we are very excited we have our next guest coming on but before we do uh we have a quick ad break we got a show uh good friend stanley stan the man's man has a quick word for us we'll be back after this Yeehaw! Are you looking to buy some brand new realty, brand new house, brand new shack? Well, Handy Stan the Man's Man's here to tell you how you can help improve your home. Handy Stan the Man's Man came to my house and he clogged my toilet and he blamed my cat. My hands are where the magic are. I come inside and the vibe, well, it's there, baby. So what if I take big poops? So what if my pee smells like bourbon? <laughs> Your neighbors won't stop talking about me. And guess what? Your grandmother on my Tinder matches. <laughs> With Handy Stan the Man's Man's carpentry work, you and all your friends and family will be thrilled. Just as thrilled as that man's testimonial implies. 
That's right, Handy Stan, the man's man, is the best carpenter and realtor this side of the world. I really want to stress that I'm not happy, and I feel like I want to call my lawyers. I have 2020 vision. Call now for a special offer from Handy Stan, the man's man, and he will come over to your house and appraise your house for free and sleep with your mom. That's right. Sleep with your mom for the low, low price of $39.99. Wait, you slept with my mom? And I didn't get her pregnant. Or did I? Make your barren mom happy. Call now. Handy stand the man's man. I said it wrong before, but now I'm not saying it wrong this time because I'm a big, handsome boy. Hey, quiet phone. You rude. <laughs> uh, we are back. I'm still joined here by Austin with Austin Carpenter. Bad fashion. Uh, but now we are joined by Lenny, the night custodian. Welcome, Lenny. Hello. Oh, your microphone's not on. Sorry. Whoops. Wow. It's the, the brilliance of technology. You can turn on and off a microphone, which records you. Yeah. It's very good. Yes, no, my name is it's on, Lenny the Night it's Custodian. It's on, it's off. On. Off. On. <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's very correct. Yes, it's, it's, it's nice to be here. I'm uh, Lenny the Night Custodian. My mother named me Lenard. Leonard? Leonard. Leonard, yes. Uh, you mispronounced your own name. Leonard. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> you're a night custodian of, of what? Of where? Uh, Beachview Elementary School. Yeah? Yes. Where's that at? It's in Southampton, Michigan. Oh, okay. Uh, Beachview Elementary School. How long have you been doing that job there for? 35 years. Now, you look like somebody who's seen some ghosts. I see ghosts daily, yes, mm-hmm. on, my, on my routine of cleaning, my schedule. I see ghosts of, of the past and the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the ghosts of the future. Yes, they come burying cautionary tales, warnings of crises in the future. Like what? Uh, nuclear warfare. Huh? Uh, the robots programming your brain to like vegan food. <laughs> to, oh, I, I like some vegan food. Vegan food's not so bad. What do you think, Austin? Um, but I got tempeh you, slaps. Tempeh slaps. Tempeh burger from Sidetracks in in, in, in Ypsilanti. But to be fair, you can like vegan food, but you are self-programmed at this point. Oh. The robots program it for you. You've lost oh, all agency. So you, yeah, you know, no free will, yes. but only in the terms of like vegan food. Just vegan. food. Honestly, yeah. I think. I don't think that's that bad. I'd be okay with yeah, that. Yeah, like you could it, save the cute animals. I won't have to feel guilty. Yeah, right. Like I, they think that's probably most people's biggest barrier of entry is that vegan food. The idea of it just grosses them out. So if we could just have that little like bump, like you know, that, I feel like that'd be great for the environment in the long run. I don't think that's so bad. Mm. You're. Uh, you don't agree. You're. Uh, <laughs> it's not that I disagree. It's that I've found out that I've I've come to conclude that you're an efficientist. What does that mean? It's uh, your you the uh, the the scope of humanity is how efficient it can be to you. So if everyone is eating beans and salad, and and asparagus, then of course this is efficient for you. I, I think it's less you can about friend all the cows. Yes, <laughs> sure. Uh, I just think it's less about efficiency and more about like part- like you know stopping the rampant onset of uh, global. Uh, inhabit- inhabitability. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with some extra methane in the atmosphere. I would disagree. I'd say I, there's there's significant wrong. When I in my twenties, my favorite pastime, well, one of my favorite pastimes besides baseball was sniffing methane gas. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? I feel fine. Did you see ghosts before that? <laughs> Not generally, no, Michael. <laughs> okay, so maybe we're starting to see a thread here. <clears throat> Methane, they what say... Is, I, I'm trying to pinpoint what it is about your face that makes it me, made me a re- immediately recognize you as somebody who would, who would, rec- who would see ghosts. Um, you have a very gaunt face. Very gaunt, baggy. Like you've been paralyzed in fear, like so much to the point where it's like... <laughs> Frozen in, frozen, frozen in your expression. My face is tattooed with fear. Yeah, <laughs> fear of the unknown and fear of the known. Fear of I, the known. For I know too much, Michael. You're too clairvoyant. 
far too clairvoyant. So what are some of the most haunting tales you've heard from the... Well, first of all, why are these future ghosts in a in a elementary school? They're, they're teaching lessons like any other teacher would, Michael. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so what are some horrible stories you've heard from some of these the past ghosts, the ones who've passed away? The past ghosts. Uh, there was one of a former nuclear bomb tester. He was... <laughs> a lot of nuclear bomb stuff. Yes. Well, we are the we are the children of the nuclear age, the bomb spike, Michael. Okay. And yes, he was he was at Bikini Atoll when they tested the first hydrogen bomb, Michael. Oh. And it was not sexy. It was just <laughs> gruesome. It's raw power stripped the landscape of his life. Well, you can't call it something like Bikini Atoll <laughs> and not children. expect me to get kind of a chubby. <laughs> the children of the neighboring island were playing in the false snow of the nuclear bomb, hydrogen <clears throat> warfare. It was all real. Man, that sounds tough. <laughs> yes, he was there. And he had radiocarbons flowing through his body. So as a ghost, he glows a brilliant yellowy green like the bomb dropped that day. It's kind of beautiful. Yeah. I am nothing but a poet. And you don't even know it. Is that poetry, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard good poetry like that. What's, some, what's your favorite poem? My favorite poem? You seem like a... Uh, is the uh, one I wrote. Oh, <laughs> okay. I don't have... I, don't I was going to say, you seem like poetry. a Robert Frost guy. I don't... No, no, I don't... Uh, I don't read poetry by from other poets. Mm-hmm. I... I breathe in, I consume, I l- feel the poetry of reality. What, uh, do you mind reciting one of your favorite poems that you've written? Yes, of course. Okay. It is what I call The Bird on the Clothesline. And here it goes. The little bird on the clothesline. What lessons can I... Yearn, what lessons can I teach you? What lessons can you teach me? What can I gain from you? It's such a human, human impulse to try to gain and not learn first. The little bird chirps, chirps on the clothesline and he looks at me. And he gives me one, not two winks of his little eye and in that moment I knew I must drop my mop and fly free but I cannot for I am shackled to society shackled to my mortgage payment I cannot fly like the bird, but yet the bird does not fly either, for he has choice. And that that is the lesson he is teaching me. And then Ramses, the ghost of the crashed ship off the the coastline of Lake Superior, chimes in. Ah! I can hear him now. He's in my brain. Yet the bird still chirps. Wow. That was... Thank you. Thank you very much. Very emotional. Holy shit. Yes, all my poetry, as in reality, is emotional. It, it invokes emotion. At least the ghosts cry sometimes. Wow. Uh, what kind of create, what, man, how, how did you discover this gift about yourself? How did I discover this gift, Michael? Is it, well, I was born and well, before I was born, I was in the womb and my mother gave me a sketch pad. (laughs) (laughs) It was a loaf of, it was a piece of loaf of rye bread, Michael. She ate it whole, and I grabbed it, snatched it from her intestines, oh. and I wrote my first poem. 
It was already so it, was, out, so it reached so it was already most it was already pretty much entirely digested at that point. Very much so, but it provided it was stale. So it was still pretty hard. It still had a little she, bit of a She had internal bleeding passing that bread. Uh-huh. But on it when she 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 gave birth to the bread before she gave birth to me, she saw the tablet in which I inscribed my first <laughs> poem. As it turns out, it was heavily plagiarized by Shake from Shakespeare. Oh. I had no idea. I had never heard of Shakespeare. It was at just that point. coincidence that you Very wrote a Shakespeare tr- sonnet. That they just realized, wow, this this little boy is he a boy or is he already a man in the womb, <laughs> begging to be uncaged, unshackled from his mother's <laughs> care. <laughs> I feel like you lost it a little bit there. I just miss my mother. Oh, really? Yes. She died. Oh. She died of natural causes. She lived a long, healthy, healthy life. What? What? What natural causes? What natural causes? Mm -hmm. Too much methane gas. (laughs) She (laughs) flooded. Flooded. I flooded her apartment with methane gas. (laughs) It was her favorite smell. That's not natural causes. I mean, methane is a natural gas. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Uh, I'm sorry for your loss. It it was decades ago. I was only 15 years into being a custodial professional at the point. So, do you ever feel regret? Do you ever feel responsible for your mother's death? Regret your mother's death for giving her the happiness my father never gave her. What does that mean? My father never wanted to fill the room with methane gas. He probably didn't want to kill her. <laughs> well, that's why they divorced Michael. Oh, so she what, wanted this. She did. Yes, yeah, she wanted the, the methane. She was the 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 power, the allure of its of its of its beautiful stench. Just was too intoxicating for her. I think it and was. as it turns out, the gas was too intoxicating <laughs> yeah. for her too. Yeah. Did you ever get, did you get in any legal trouble for that? Did, uh, did no. the police try to apprehend you? I cited the Kevorkian rule. <laughs> what? You've you heard might... of Dr. Kevorkian have, assisted yeah. suicides. Yeah. Yes, I invoked the Kevorkian rule. Was she eligible for that? I thought. Don't you need? To, I think you need to like have like a professional like. Ah, uh, uh, see, there you are, questioning my professional status. I am a custodian. I clean things for. I mean, I th- a medical professional and a mental health professional. I think you need to sign off on it, right? I believe custodians have a unique position on the on the on the cusp on the. On the no man no man's land between physical and mental health, for we clean both. What? I clean both the nurse's office in Beachview Elementary, and I clean the student counselors. Ah, I see. Okay. So therefore, I have a unique position in which I can offer my expertise. You also clean the bathrooms, presumably, right? I typically avoid the bathrooms and let the ghosts clean them. The ghosts clean them? Yes. About about 25 years into cleaning bathrooms daily in in an elementary, you grow tired of it. You grow tired of the grotesque images in which they draw upon the star walls and the grotesque images in which they deposit into the toilets and clog them. Do the the schools give them far too much cheese and milk? Dairy products run havoc on our children's immune—not immune, but digestive systems—and then they turn, they destroy our plumbing. There's, there's literally, literally millions of square feet of fat, fatberg, clogging our sewer systems, our sewage is clogged with dairy excrement and sugar. Kids' bop should have never been invented. (laughs) (laughs) Silly (laughs) dough. 
It seems to me like uh, uh, robots uh, programming us to enjoy vegan food would actually benefit your job, do they? I'm not debating the practical of practical positive effects of robots controlling our minds, Michael. I think it would work long term if there was an AI telling us, hey, you know, maybe don't put the, the scissors in the wrong hand and deliver it to your friend and stab them with it. Maybe don't drink four gallons of Mountain Dew in one sitting, Michael. Mm. Yes, I understand the, the robots embrace. I understand the, the, the cold warmth of it, Michael. But I can't let go of my agency. That's fair. I understand that. Where are you from? Where am I from? Mm -hmm. I'm from Pontiac, Michigan, Michael. <laughs> you were born and raised? Born and raised. <laughs> okay. My parents were, were German... German... Uh... You okay? <laughs> I've Amish, there we go. Yes, that's Amish. the... Yes, Amish. German Amish immigrants. They came over in the 1800s from the repressive Prussian government was cracking down on religious freedoms. I see. They didn't like the free cheese that the Prussian government was giving to anyone who would convert to Lutheranism. Austin, do you have any questions for, for Lenny the Night Custodian? Um, so, is it a German accent or a poet accent? I believe <laughs> poet accent. my voice, my <laughs> accent is the reflection of society's dark <laughs> past. <laughs> And it's even increasingly dark future. But there is time for it to change. So are you a ghost? Oh, In many ways, I believe we are all ghosts for we live. We very much live in the past with our baggage. The guilt <laughs> in which I have of assist assisting my mother's methane-induced death has been... Crippling me for years. That way, as it, as you would expect. It's part of the reason why I do not go into bathroom anymore, and I conduct my business behind the dumpster next to Frank the Raccoon. Is Frank a nice guy? Seems nice. He's ch chatty for a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, uh, let's hear this next song by Bad Fashion. <laughs> what's it, what's this next? This next one is called "Drag Me Down." What's this one about? Um, this one's just about, like, cutting out toxic people and also meeting new people along the way who are not toxic. That's good. Yeah. Toxic people, it's for the birds, I always say. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. Don't fuck them. That, that, then they're a part of your life. If you fuck them, make sure you practice some form of safe sexual intercourse. The propagation. How's your sex life? How is... <laughs> That's a deeply personal question. <laughs> so good? I'm not running for president. I do not have to answer that. But you could. It's, it's the Mojave Desert. Patches of fertile grass, but mainly desolate, dry, arid, cracking loneliness. Great. Here is Drag Me Down by Bad Fashion.
Yeah, baby, that's another freaking bop of a tune if I ever heard one, and I did, and Thank it you. heard it right now, <laughs> and I did. It was earlier in the show when we heard the other bop of a song. <laughs> oh, right, guys, it is time, almost time for the end of our show. Uh, oh, let's cry. Lenny. I do not have the capacity of tears anymore. You Michael. don't have tear ducts? I do have tear ducts, but as... My love life, as in my love life, it is completely bone dry. Great. <laughs> so, guys, <clears throat> it is time to play Fashion versus Fashion. Yeah. This is the same intro I use for all of my games, and I'm it. not going to stop. It's fucking hype. Da-na-da-da-na-na. All right. <laughs> in this game, uh, you guys, I am pitting you guys against one another. Sorry, Austin, that you have to go up against Lenny. <laughs> Here. I am an animal. I will do anything for competition. <laughs> this is my livelihood. Well, just don't hurt, don't hurt Austin here. I'm terrified. Also, uh, I do want to apologize to you, Lenny, before I forget. I called you Larry the Night Custodian when I was first at the top of the show. And yes, I, uh, I, was, I was aware of that. I deeply apologize. It's, we all make mistakes, Michael. At least you are not huffing lethal amounts of methane or talking to ghosts. Very true. In front of children. Very true. Um, all right. So in this game, uh, I will pit you guys against each other uh, and give you basically we have three rounds. Each round uh, has based uh, is centered on one type of clothing or fashion style, uh, and I will pit you guys against each other. I'm going to give you three choices of a fashion item to debate over which is the best. You guys get to each pick one, so a third one will get left out. Um, and you guys gotta just got to convince me which one is the best, and I'll be the judge at the end of the whole thing. Uh, are you guys ready? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Round one. The three items that you will be discussing over are, and I'll show you guys pictures of them, but you guys just nice. have to use your imagination at home. I'll describe them. Mud-splattered jeans. These heavily distressed medium blue denim jeans in a comfortable straight leg fit embody rugged Americana workwear that's seen some hard-working action with a crackled, caked-on, muddy coating that shows you you're not afraid to get down and dirty. Sold for $450 at North Shore. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I'm supposed to say if I like it or not? 
Uh, it's a yay or nay? You got to pick. Uh, so I'm going to give you three options. Okay, three more. Then you got to okay, pick of these three options which you think is the best, and okay. then you got to convince me why it's the best. Okay, cool. Uh, is it real dirt? No. Uh, next is the one-legged jeans. Uh, these are feature one full-length acid-washed <laughs> denim leg, and the other is nothing. Kind of like a short. It's like a shorts. Uh, For when one side of your body is running hot and the other <laughs> is running very cold. Yeah. And the next is Jinko jeans. We all know them. And uh, <laughs> did you know Jinko jeans are not, Jinko does not stand for Jean Company, which you would expect. It stands for Judge None, Choose One. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> they are boys' ultra wide, straight legged <laughs> denim jeans featuring elaborate pocket logos and a unique street look. All right. Uh, Austin, I'll give you first pick of the litter. Do you want to pick? Do you want to fight for the mud-coated jeans, the one-legged, uh, one-legged jeans, or the Jinko jeans? Oh man, this is a good game. This is a hard decision right now. Um, which is which is the best? Not necessarily which one you'd wear, but which overall has the best net impact, positive impact on the world? Uh, I would say the top selection, the mud ones. The mud-coated um, jeans. Even right. though there is negative aspects regarding the fake mud, the price tag, things of that nature, a lot of times with fashion, you can make more of a statement being more oh. subtle rather than being extreme. And I think the other two options are quite extreme. Um, and as well, good luck pairing that with anything. Uh, you wear more than just pants, usually. Yeah. Um, so... That's another thing to keep in mind. You, good luck pairing the, the mud-coated jeans with, with anything else? Um, I think you could easily wear, tuck in a white t-shirt yeah. with the mud jeans. Yeah. Um, you could also be Kid Rock for Halloween and wear a wife beater. There you go. There you go. So that, that's my Very that's my good vote. argument. Very good <laughs> argument. Uh, all right. Very and uh, Lenny, which, so you have two options. You got the one-legged jeans and you have the Jinko jeans. Which one, are you, which one do you think is the best? Well, I believe I'm going to go with the choose none or judge none, choose one <laughs> see. company jean denim <laughs> pants simply because they are very cheap at thrift stores and I stitch them together to use as, as drapery in my house. <laughs> and it's very effective against the sun's harmful rays and the biting cold of the winters. Sub-zero temperature. Great. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Austin's answer of the the Ooh. mud mud splattered jeans, that was what they were called, uh, simply because it scared me a lot less. And I, I get it. Like I, It's a working man's jean for the non-working man. <laughs> the fake mud. I would agree with you, but the fake mud, I could get real mud for free by going out and rolling in the playground of life. Okay. Uh <laughs> Next up uh, is the second round is shoes. All right. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yo. Mm-mm. So the first one is the platform croc. <laughs> Add some iconic retro style to your favorite casual outfit. Made from an all-over rubber exterior with a swivel ankle band and a pumped-up sole. <laughs> ready to add a playful moment to relax styles. The platform croc. Is that you- SpongeBob SquarePants? <laughs> <laughs> Next up, uh, in a similar vein, uh, you guys are gonna really gonna like this one. Uh, similar vein to the one-legged uh, jean is the one-toed heel. <laughs> this fashionable uh, uh, item covers all of your toes except for your big toe. Subscribed uh, by Stylebop as equal parts feminine, cool, and fashion conscious. For sold for one thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! You cannot put a price on when you're. Other toes are very cold. Don't don't save your arguments. <laughs> and then we have thigh high Uggs. <laughs> thigh high Uggs. <laughs> <laughs> These are self-explanatory. <laughs> Literally Uggs that just go up to your thighs. And uh, they're also made by the same people, uh, by Y Project, the same people who made those platform Uggs we saw earlier. <laughs> or platform Crocs we saw earlier. Uh, so these basically just look like pants crotchless pants that are and they're just Uggs. Uh, so which one... Uh, I'll let you pick first, Lenny. Which one are you going with? The, the platform Crocs, the one-toed heel, or the uh, the, the, the high Uggs, even though I feel like I know which one you're going to pick. Well, actually, I might surprise you. The first two uh, will lead humanity to unspeakable horrors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so I'm going with the, uh, with the thigh-high Uggs, okay. for they are quite, quite reminiscent of 
of the wonder years of the Wild West. You know, cow cowboy ranchers would wear the the chaps, hotland chaps, which would keep you very warm on a cold, cold, bitterly cold night, while you're trying to find the last of your cattle. Much to your dismay, it has been disemboweled by a coyote's. <laughs> oh, my dismay. It is unfortunate because you really needed that cow. You are not going to survive the winter. Mm-hmm. You needed that cow's fur and its, its meat, and now it's rotting. Oh, God. Rotting next to the Colorado River. That's next a to shame. all the bodies. It's a damn shame. Of all the wars that's ever been fought. Mm-hmm. That's where they put the bodies. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, Austin, which one are you going to go with? <laughs> the platform cross or the one toe, one toe to heel? Uh, so I can't choose the same thing, huh? No. That defeats the purpose. Fuck. Um, uh, I mean, I guess you could. I it's could, a very good see choice. You, see which, uh, if I prefer, like your argument more. No, no, we'll keep it interesting, more interesting. Um, well, the crack is just, it should have never been made, ever. Yes, yes. Um in the platform, I feel like you're gonna be walking like fucking Humpty Dumpty around in those fuckers. Um, <laughs> but then you go down, and I see this weird heel, and maybe I'd be more prone to like it. But I see this woman's veiny ass feet fucking modeling this shit. Yeah, I'm disgusted. I'm and not, also I didn't <laughs> notice her toenail. Her one big toenail matches the color of the. It's like a poop. It's like a chocolate brown. Uh, and granted, no one's feet look good. I'm not shaming anybody's body, but I'm these like, ones it's look just particularly not, not great. I, I'm just, uh, I don't think the marketing's very good here. The composition of the shot isn't very well. Also, the backdrop, the red goes horrible with the brown. I would not recommend that. Um, yeah, she's on the red carpet, it looks like. I, I think maybe more of a gray backdrop. Fuck your red carpet. If you're trying to sell these, put up a real picture, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you really are going, I, so I take it you're not picking the one toed heel. I'm not taking the one toed heel, but then again, those are Crocs. Yeah. And if you wear those but and you're not of, Post Malone, then... Uh, or a doctor. Or a doctor, yes. Um, there's a problem. There's a huge problem. So what are you going with? Oh, they're both atrocious. Oh, fuck. Um, Equally problematic. Yep. Um, I, You know, I think I'm going to go for the Croc because I said so many mean things about the other heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to go for the Croc, but, you know, maybe... It would be good as a household shoe, mm. um, one where no one else will see it. You but can hide fashion. them when people like, come these are over. Meant to be seen. Mm. You would not, if, as long as you are not suspected and not go out into the public, you will not be suspected for SpongeBob SquarePants murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to admit, I'm sorry. I think uh, I think uh, Lenny had the more po- strong argument with this one, particularly since he really hated the you know the two <laughs> options. So uh, <laughs> I don't blame him. They were unspeakably. Atrocious, although the uh, the 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 one-toed heel could probably be spinned if maybe they used a a different toenail paint, like I don't know, rouge or <laughs> or creamy pesto. Great. And the final round, so you guys are tied up. So the winner takes all. Uh, all right. So round three, the theme is something's missing. So it's a wild card. Each item comes from a different type of clothes but in each one something's a little off uh (laughs) so the first one is the sleeve hoodie basically just a hoodie without the body part uh it's it goes across the arms and it stretches across the chest and it goes down the other arm but nothing covering up the torso this sleeve only hoodie will not keep your torso warm but it will keep those arms cozy she's gritting her teeth the model is gritting her teeth as if she's having Quite a pleasant time wearing the article of clothing. It's also worth noting it's a camouflage sleeve hoodie. I can barely see. So you, see you her. can't. Yeah, you, you can. <laughs> you can see. see you can see her head see and her body very yes. well, but you can't it's, see her arms. It's like her. it's like use. It's like a, a negative in clay modeling. You know, you can see uh, you know what it should be. You know. The next <laughs> is the crotchless jeans. <laughs> these uh, these bad boys are a pair of jeans that have the top part that buttons and they have the leg part <laughs> but uh they are held those two pieces are connected by suspender straps and it does not cover the crotch later or the ho- later hosen for your legs exactly uh they're uh exactly uh they're more appropriately called cowboy chaps by some <laughs> not 
not quite accurate. Uh, these crotchless jeans were introduced by ASOS in 2018 at 75 pounds a pair. Yeah. <laughs> you can walk around in these bold jeans and feel, lib- quote, liberated and risky, according to a model that wore them for an entire and day out arrested. in the city. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're if you're doing like she's doing and uh, wearing a man's button-up shirt that is long Uber's, enough to cover the crotch area, you might be safe. Shirt. Uh, so you have the crotchless jeans, uh, and last we have the see-through shoe plastic shoes. <laughs> They're actually pretty trendy, believe it or not. Uh, heels are platforms, and they are totally transparent, uh, but lack of shoes to get the loused in. <laughs> Austin, let's start with you. Which one are you picking? The sleeve hoodie, the crotchless jeans, or the uh, see-through plastic shoes? I think the see-through plastic shoes. Oh, yeah? Um, it's Compared to the other shoe model, um, as far as the composition yes. of the shot, uh-huh. the foot itself, very pleasant to look at. It's edited nicely. Uh-huh. I, th- I could see that being a practical shoe as well. Uh-huh. Um you know, especially if you have really nice feet. If you have really nice feet, yeah. Uh, this model has great feet. Mm-hmm. Um, good for them. And um, I do not, so I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. And you know, clear goes with everything. That That's that you can wear that with literally anything. Wow. And the heel's not too tall. It doesn't look horribly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that's the most practical, fashionable option. It looks very cleanable too. Very like, cleanable. Yeah, yeah they, I'm sure these. These would get dirty pretty quick, but it seems mm-hmm. like just a quick wipe. Yes, I'm sure there may be some yellowing over time, yeah. but, you know, throw them in the fucking washer, yo. <laughs> throw them in your dishwasher. <laughs> and uh, Lenny, a uh, very good argument. Uh, Lenny, sleeve hoodie or crotchless jeans? Well, first I must make a compelling argument against the the clear see-through shoes. Oh. If you wear it at any other time of day besides night... You will create a horrifying greenhouse effect on your feet. <laughs> they will fog up. You will look like a sweaty little man or woman. It's not a good look for anyone. I'm going to go with the... the um, What's the first option the called? Sleeve hoodie. The sleeve hoodie. Uh-huh. The, the well, torso... With the crotchless the, jeans. The torso-less... Uh, I don't believe in ease of access, Michael. I believe you have to make it harder for the crotch to be accessed. So uh, I'm going with the torso-less hoodie. I believe I've seen children wear hoodies with, they they wear it over their shoulder uh, with one arm popped out, Mm -hmm. like you're wearing a a poncho. Um, It's a good look. I wouldn't use camouflage because... People will be very worried about where your shoulders and your arms are. And I believe you don't want to leave that up for imagination. Um, you want to let people know that you have shoulders and arms. Mm-hmm. And you are not a floating head over a, a torso. So, um, yes, I'm going with the, with the torso-less hoodie. But I would use a striped pattern to really, like, I'm here. I'm here. Look at my 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 fashion statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin, he did name check your item, so you do have an opportunity to respond uh, and, and uh, defend your the plastic shoes, or go go hard on the sleeveless hoodie or the sleeve hoodie if you'd like. Because mm. uh, you know he did he did attack yours after you made your argument. Is there anything you'd like to defend on yours, or or go straight for the sleeve hoodie, or just leave it at that? Mm, I think the. I like what he said about uh, throw some stripes on there because mm-hmm. uh, right now I don't see anything. Yeah, I, it's fully. I, it's fully really hard to gain an image of something when it's camouflaged. <laughs> yeah. You have to you have to kind of look at it like you're looking at uh, one of those changing like a book that has one of those like changeable uh, images, which if you look at a different angle and shine a light on it, it changes. <laughs> you know. Maybe a man's not wearing makeup. You're talking about uh, uh, what are those called? The freaking uh, I, l- lenticular. It, lenticular. I believe it's images. I believe you're right, but yes, you have to kind of look look at it from a side glance. Uh-huh. And if you're wearing camouflage and people are giving you sideways glances, you're. I feel like you're more prone to be aggressive and react like beastly. So, well, guys, it it comes with uh you know very heavy deliberation on my part. 
Uh, but I think the winner of this round and this game is Austin. Ooh. Yeah, because I, I yeah, you, you made a good argument. I think that cla- uh, clear does. Okay, I'm gonna stop that. Uh, clear does go with any everything, anything and everything. Uh, you know, the sleeve hoodie. I feel like it's only for a very specific type of individual. Uh, and you know, I just think that the shoe would go really well with anything yeah. if you wanted. You can't see clear, but you really can't see camo. That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, well, gra- g- thank you guys so much for being on the show today, Lenny. Uh, thank you for for joining us here and uh, it's been an absolute ruining pleasure. the mood. It's been a pleasure to do both, Michael. Yeah, it is my esteemed honor to do such a thing to really deflate any sense of optimism in a in a room. <laughs> and Austin, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks Where can people me. find more from you? Um. Follow me on your social media that I was just trashing. Um, <laughs> we're at Bad Fashion, so check us out on there. Music's on Spotify, Apple Music, all that good stuff. We got some stuff cooking. It's on the way. On the Keep way. a lookout. Um, let me check my calendar real quick. Yeah, what are some upcoming shows? Our next show isn't for a second. It's April 3rd at the Loving Touch. Oh, yeah. Um, in Ferndale. And then the next show is... Um, April 18th, it's for Record Store Day, um, and it's at a place, I believe, called Tracks and Wax in St. Clair Shores. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're playing there the 18th in the morning. I think it's like 11 or 12. It's an early show. Um, but, yeah, it'll be fun. Very cool. Awesome. So go check out Bad Fashion, and uh, have a great freaking rest of your week, fellas. We will be back next week with Water Fountain Coins. Bye. Bye. The Michael Dupree Variety Hour is powered by Pinecast and is a member of the Planet Amp Podcast Network. If you like what you heard today, give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. And uh, follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.